Jill wrote jealous. Welcome to the Baffle Club. Hey. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to go in gently to start mm-hmm. off this week because I know you've been going through a lot of, dare we say, transitional moments with your life. And throughout the week, I must say I've sent you quite a few well-fed texts. <laughs> I I just want to put it out there that I'm not all right. <laughs> I am not okay at the moment. I am hunched over this microphone <laughs> in the basement of a lovely two-bedroom apartment um, in New Zealand, but things are less than ideal and have been less than ideal for this past week. So I hugely appreciate your check-ins, notes of, you know, motivation. You got this. It's going to be okay. But I just want to, I just want to tell you that I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Despite all of that, despite all of the well wishes. It's been Um. tough. (laughs) <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to tell you about it? I would love to hear about it because I think part of the journey to becoming okay is letting it out. Letting it out. Venting. Letting it out. Letting the, it out. The cathartic <laughs> vent. So we had to move out of our house that we were living in in New Zealand. It was supposed to be this coming weekend. And we got a email, an email about a week ago saying, can we move out sooner? The people who are coming back want the house sooner and we need to get out of there ASAP. And keeping in mind Leave. that we've moved to New Zealand with everything that we have, like that we own. We've got 15 large storage boxes. The house that we were in, we just kind of put them all away into one room and just forgot about them. But it was going through all of that and packing up that, I just thought, I oh, I know this is a very first world problem. I'm, I'm hugely aware that this week's issue is first world problem, but I I just, we okay, the issue, the, that wouldn't have been the issue. The, the moving bit wouldn't have been the problem. We knew we had to move and that's all fine. But we went to this new house. We packed everything into the car. We went to the new house that we were supposed to be uh, checking into for the next five or six weeks and we turned up and there were I, I just said to Jono can you can you smell something like it it was no. it was wet there was there was mold in the corners there like there was gap like a gap behind the window where we slept between where the glass didn't touch the frame <laughs> of the window and some joinery issues <laughs> Jono bless him was like I think it's okay I think 
you know he let's wanted just get, it to be okay let's just get the boxes out of the car and put out put our things inside and I think it's going to be all right and I was like I'm sorry I just don't think Freddie is going to be able to sleep in this room tonight like it's not very healthy from a mold the black mold encroaching from the roof down the walls is I sent you these photos not. as well I so I took all these photos I described it as a you'd been airbnb catfished yes 100 percent the photo Big time the photos on the website photos look lovely conveyed something very different um and they then when like, we called they catfished the, you yeah they did and when we called the agent she said well you know, I'm actually disappointed that we decided to rent it out to you because um, you've got, you know, a lot of sta- people love the mold. Yeah. Okay. No, everyone you, that you've stayed sounded in this really house, ungrateful. <laughs> really, everyone that stayed in this house really loves it, and I'm disappointed that we've booked it out to you. And no, we won't be issuing you with a refund. And so, needless to that's, say, that's we, Airbnb gaslighting. <laughs> we didn't unpack our boxes we got back in the car drove back to the house um, that we were staying in and went on airbnb to try and find something else but being covid everything that's advertised isn't actually available it's just on there but it's not free ready to go because no. people can't leave their houses to so found this so you've place the place that you're in right now looks really that nice so you lucked out we've lucked out we've traveled to to the other side of Auckland um, or the other end of sort of where we were and we have hugely lucked out. The only issue is that we've just got 15 boxes in a two-bedroom apartment. But look, maybe check in next week and things will (laughs) look up. Thanks for taking the time to record the podcast today, Amid. (laughs) I've I've made my way out of the boxes. (laughs) I was scared to ask you what day we should record because it just seemed so insignificant no, to all of the things that you're dealing with. And so I'm glad that you are here and you've showed up. And let's and let's use this time as a little break from the chaos. Little break. And yeah. And and get into the episode. Get into it. Let's go. And if you need to cry. Oh. Do it, cry. do it just kind of softly, please, because <laughs> I don't think we will. <laughs> Gilly, what is your baffle moment for this week? Uh, I've had so many baffling moments this week, but there is – one that I've wanted to talk to you about for quite a while and I've had it written down and I just feel like if we keep going through, I'm going to get, you know, sidetracked and not actually talk to you about this issue. And it's what Oprah coined, I don't know, I think it was like in 2001, she coined the phrase, there's this disease to please. And I'm baffled by the idea. We say yes when we mean no or we hugely struggle with being able to say no and find that sense of integrity in life. Firstly, Oprah, huge fan. Huge uh, I fan. love her. I love her bountiful garden that she shares oh. on Instagram. It's just so wholesome. Um, and I, I totally understand where you're coming from with this people pleaser 
mentality because I think that I very unconsciously suffer from it. Yeah. Sorry, yes, suffer does make it sound a little bit traumatic. No, it's true. It's true. It's it's saying yeah, saying yes when you feel uncomfortable about something, saying yes when you don't want to go somewhere, saying yes because you feel guilty. Mm. saying yes because you're not sure if you'll ever get that opportunity again so I'm just going to do something I don't want to do in this moment Mm -hmm. there's so many circumstances that I I say yes and I know other people do and it seems like it comes at a actually a huge cost yeah and that that's what I was thinking about this week like what's the so you can live your life as a people pleaser that's fine but what to what detriment and what what is the cost to saying yes to all of these little things but also big things um, that you don't actually it's not a big resounding yes there's this niggly no in the background and yet we push forward over committing over maybe socializing and not acting from something that is true within us and um what got what really cemented it for me was you know that i'm a bit of a goop fan whether we love it or hate it i <laughs> think in her vagina candles yeah gwenny either <laughs> gwenny either divides she she's very divisive and she mm, you either love character yeah, for you, sure you love or you hate her but i tend to be in the love camp and she don't say tend to you are 100 percent hands down you pray at the goop church don't (laughs) (laughs) she interviewed um this sociologist martha beck who wrote a book about living with integrity and um martha martha i'll call her martha martha talks (laughs) good friends good friends me and martha martha talks about um how we should move away from this idea of um living in a way that's not in tune with what we actually want or need um and when she decided to do it she took a stand and said actually for a for a year i'm not going to do anything that's not not true for me so i'm not going to say yes unless i mean it and she said the first thing she noticed is that she started having to talk a lot slower and respond a lot more slowly because people were asking her how she was and she was like hmm can i just i actually i'm going to get back to, to think you about it first yeah rather than just throw in with the a knee jerk fine 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 everything's good mm. how are you I find that my people-pleaser ways and, and you know, offshoots of that really materialized in my career. Mm. And it was this kind of what I was touching on before about the guilt. I just said yes to every opportunity, in particular when I was working at MTV and I was a TV host there, I felt like – I should be grateful that I have this one in a million opportunity. So I'm going to say yes to every opportunity when perhaps I was being taken advantage of. Mm. Now, looking back in hindsight, I did a lot of commercial jobs for the company, meaning they were partnerships that they were getting paid a lot of money for Mm -hmm. that 
I did not get paid for. Mm. Um, and it c- c- gets quite complicated with contracts and things like that. But I was definitely being taken advantage of because they knew how hungry I was for these opportunities and that I would just say yes to all of these things because it meant more airtime and more experience interviewing and, and going out on shoots and things like that, which I'm very grateful for all of those opportunities. But upon reflection, I'm like, you're a huge multinational yeah. <laughs> billion dollar company and it wasn't even a conversation of whether you were going to swing me a few hundred bucks from the thousands of dollars deals that you were doing. So not paid and at I all just said for yes because of jobs. No, 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 no. It was just an understanding that it was just part of my growth and your yeah, like yeah. career. It was it was real life opportunity. You're not actually going to get any sort of monetary kickback, and it's. And people who are able to have those those conversations, I actually really envy them. Mm. And it's this level of confidence that I wish I had in my career because I think I was it always just came from a place of fear. It's like if I say no, I'm not going to do this. Well, maybe they're just not going to use me for anything in the future, and they I just won't can't. Ask me again. I'm not in a pit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, gosh, I could have been so much more brave. Mm. but I wasn't because I cared what people thought about me and I and I was fearful of not getting those opportunities again but isn't it so ironic in what you say that you're like you look at other people who have that confidence and you think I wish and I aspire to that level of um affirmation and being really certain in the no that I I feel and I want but I can't say because of how it will be perceived the, the irony in it is that you look at those people and you admire that. And yet when, when we say no, it's, oh, I'll be thought of in this way, um, you know, either not interested, not mm-hmm. aspirational or all of those things. And it, so it's like this, it, yeah, it's just a funny. Real catch 22. Mm. So funny that you say that because I I brought along a little reading material. I a love, show and tell. can we just stop for one moment? <laughs> I love that in the first episode, you took me to court over the fact that I quoted some <laughs> literature and yet I, I might add not one, but also last week's episode, you, you brought out, you're getting into it. The research is... The research, as you call it. No, it's more <laughs> that in the first episode you re- recited a poem that I thought bared no relevance <laughs> to the episode at hand. I'm sorry to say it, but I couldn't find the meaning in your poetry. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> if poetry is subjective... I'm also certain you misquoted the poem. You're like, I think it went along the lines of something. I also listened back to it and I called the poet Barry White. His name's David. (laughs) I was going to ask you to edit it and I thought, I just, oh, this this great poet, Barry White. I'm like, what? No. David White. Anyone still seeking that that piece of poetry? (laughs) I gave you a. 
The thing is, Go on. I don't know anything about poetry, so I just took it as I was like Bible. She's mm. well, she knows what she's talking. Here she goes. About. I'm gonna have to <laughs> have to quote some stuff in the future. <laughs> so, because we are such literary fiends, mm. I've brought a book along, and the book is called "The Life Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck" by mm. Sarah Knight. Now, <laughs> I was gifted this book on my birthday some years ago by one of our very dear friends, Cheese. So Cheese gifted me this book for my birthday years ago when we were all living in the UK. Mm. And at first I actually was quite offended. Mm, Interesting. Because because I received this book and I thought, hmm, everyone doesn't think I'm perfect. (laughs) You hang on. Wait, you you think I've got think something I'm to work on? <laughs> and other people realize that I'm actually just a fraud and I'm very flawed, and I I really do give a fuck about what everyone, everyone thinks. <laughs> and once I got over that, I was like, this is actually the perfect gift for someone like Cheese to give me because she actually really does live by this philosophy. She embodies. She doesn't it. give a. F- She doesn't give a fuck what people think about her. And as a result, and I mean that as a, as the highest compliment. Yeah. Because if you read this book, it's not about being an asshole to people. It's actually about respecting people to tell them the truth and speak your honesty. I think she embodies that. And as a result, she's become very successful, I think, in her life. Yeah. Because she has this confidence to ask for what she wants and she has an incredible career and she won't let people talk shit about her. She's incredibly stubborn, but we love her for, for it. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> but I am just going to take you to page 25 mm, of the book. Here we go. It's a hardback, um, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is a hardback. Oh, <clears throat> Sorry, it's page 26. Just, just um, in case the listeners are, are reading along. <laughs> a fact-checking because now that they know that you lied to them about the poem. Okay, we're going to really go for it now. All right, bring it, bring it on. So the, the, quote, the, the book is coming, really easy. people. The quote is coming. <laughs> this long-winded lead-up to it. Anyway, the book is really good about giving you tips and skills on how to set boundaries with people, which I think you and I – could both learn in terms of like social settings I don't I don't really want to do that but we don't know how to set boundaries and things like that you look shocked <laughs> by me dragging you into that pardon I didn't say anything about not no a hundred percent I'm I'm with you having and even having um confronting and challenging conversations I'm getting better at it because I know it's something I need to work on but yeah I need all the help I can get in terms of setting boundaries in a way that's comfortable and you know is respectful and works totally I need I need this help look at me with I'm whispering now because I'm scared with my neighbors oh you know like yes I was I was in agony you were in a for cupboard. two days because I cared because because I cared so much about what these people thought about me, and they were doing they were being annoying. They were and being loud, I, but yet I was 
you terrified yeah. about living in this real i gave a fuck about what they thought anyway so the quote is mm. <clears throat> you're mm. gonna hate me for this because it's such a short quote oh if it doesn't give us anything i'm okay go on just just read it okay you have no control over what other people think that's it <laughs> It is, it is a great quote. It, it's great. But one we've heard before. But you were looking for something. <laughs> I'm just thinking you were going to read a passage, like an example, like something a bit meatier. But no, you're right. Shit. Okay. No, do okay, you want to okay. find something oh, else maybe quickly? I'll take some. Oh, let me. Um. Uh, uh, oh, God. Panic. That's tricky. Very large paragraph. <laughs> No, I mean, it really just does the, – the not sorry method is actually genuinely leaning into not being sorry mm. and and honouring how you feel. So the number one thing is they've said is don't be an asshole. So I think that's the the part of, of, of why I do it is fear, fear of not being an yeah. asshole, fear of missing out of opportunities. But isn't it so much better to, to live in honesty and truth – yeah. Then, then the alternative. 100%. I know it's so much easier said than done, but. And I think um, what you were saying there about the sorry bit as well, how like people people overuse that word sorry, and always always in always emails. Apo- always apologizing, always oh, sorry I did this. Sorry to bother sorry you. To, sorry to yeah. Sorry, I just, sorry. I just wanted to uh, touch base about this. And my sister gave me a really good um, tip once, which was to say thank you instead. So instead of saying, sorry, I'm late, mm. you can say, thank you for waiting. And it immediately changes the, not that you need to change the power dynamic, but it changes that that you being out of control, you being inferior, you being apologetic to actually in control, thank you for waiting. And it's a lot more positive. Um, mm. so and you're I not can, being an asshole. No, no, you're not. You're literally saying, thank you so much for waiting. It's just... It just mm. flips it. Um, I think this. I need to revisit this book because yeah, I just fall into so these many bad of habits. Categories. So yeah, um, I might find some better quotes and put them on. Oh, look! If you, I mean, the one you gave us was absolutely outstanding and gave us so much to talk about. But if you have any, if you have a moment, and you, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to say thank you for the feedback. There we go. So good. Just read the book. Read the book. Read the book. Read some poetry. Read some poetry. This week, read some poetry. Set some boundaries. Don't be an asshole. Be honest. Bonsoir. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode number 13. I can't believe we're here. If it was a bit of a shambles, it's because it's 13. And that is just not necessarily a lucky number. And Halloween, too. And Halloween. Mm. Some spooky shit's going on. Um, Follow us over on Instagram at Baffle Club Podcast. Also on Apple Podcast app. We see your reviews, we see your five star ratings, and we love you for it. If you get the opportunity and you haven't done that, jump on over there. Uh, It's a really great way for us to get seen by new listeners so we can keep doing this forever and ever. 
forever. Jill's like, no. No, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> I think secretly you're the one who doesn't want to continue. <laughs> but anyway. I love doing this. I love my job. <laughs> you can find me at Lisa K. Ham and Jilly. Where can people find you on Instagram? At Jilly Wrote Jealous. Um, we'll see you next week. We'll be here. We will see you next week and set those boundaries. Set them. Stay honest. Thank you then rather than sorry. <laughs> <laughs>